Welcome to the Countdown Podcast and our review of Oppenheimer. My name is Wayne. And my name is Paul. Straight into it then for this brand new historical drama, biographical film, I guess is the way of putting best way of putting it's it. It's a bio. It's written and directed by Christopher Nolan, based on American Prohetius by Kai Bird and Martin J. Sherwin. It's produced by Emma Thomas, Charles Roven, and Christopher Nolan, and stars Killian Murphy, Emily Blunt, Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr., Florence Pugh, Josh Hartnett, Casey Affleck. Rami Malek and Kenneth Branagh and a host of other people. Mm. It's like every time you look around, someone else you recognise exactly. on the screen. It was released July 11th, at least uh, in its premiere, and July 21st in the States. Came out here July 20th. We were fortunate enough to see this one at an advanced screening with huge thanks to Universal Pictures Australia for that. So thank you to Evie and Tegan for that one. Thanks, kids. $100 million budget for this 180-minute film, Wayne. $100 yeah, it's and it's taken two hundred and sixty-six million at time of recording, so it's a it's a hit. I think it's fair to say that is a pittance for for these days for a movie for a big time movie. Yeah, I guess there's not a lot of well, it's one big explosion, but not a lot of mm. you know special effects and explosions. It's a drama, though. There is some controversy around this film, which you need to remind me about. We'll come back to later. Barbenheimer. No, that's oh, not right. a controversy. That's a success. That that's, ended that, up being that marketing team is like the shit between Barbie and Oppenheimer. Mm. This I had the third or fourth biggest opening weekend in the history of box office on the same weekend. Yeah, so in other words, all the money taken that weekend was the third or fourth most amazing, in, and the most since the weekend that Endgame came out. Good God, the internet! So there you go, Wayne. What is Oppenheimer about? Very simply, it is the story of American scientist J. Robert Oppenheimer and his role in the development of the atomic bomb, or the Manhattan Project, if you will. That's all. Pretty much follows his life. That's it. From his you know, young, young fucking studying in Europe. Yep, to his actually heading up and executing the Manhattan Project. So and then afterwards, the sort of no, no pun intended, the fallout yes. thereof. <laughs> That's it. This is gonna be really hard to make jokes about this. One. I know, I know. I was sitting there going, Wait, I'll tell you. Oh God, it is. It's a tough one, and I'm actually also really conflicted, and I can't wait to talk to, talk to you about it. To be honest with you. Well, let's give some non-spoiler impressions first of all, though, of course, if you know anything about this particular historical figure. You can't really figure, spoil this thing, but yeah, okay. You know, if you know nothing about him, well, I guess you still could, because what are they going to focus on or what aren't they going to focus on? And uh, other than the broad strokes of what Perhaps. we already mentioned, we'll just give a very quick overview and then sort of d- dive in in more detail. Wayne, what did you think of Oppenheimer? Have you ever, Paul, gone to, you know, let's say, that have you ever had an opinion and you know that the entire, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> the entire like world has this particular take on something and you don't agree, and you feel like maybe there's something wrong with you. Yeah, sure. Okay, I'm having that problem, Paul. Okay? Because <laughs> here it is, right? Let's be fucking straight up with this. It's Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan makes amazing shit, in, but in terms of his craft, in terms of what comes out, in terms of whatever it is he does, I do believe he's a genius, okay? And this here, there's no doubt that every single person in the film is doing amazing work. There's no doubt that it's amazingly, well, okay, shot. Right? It's amazingly shot for a drama, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's put together in a way which is like, it's this very sort of elliptical kind of, I've heard that structure being called as elliptical because it's, cause it's Nolan, it's out of sequence. Yes. Right? Can't possibly have a film which just runs from beginning to end if it's Christopher Nolan. Exactly. It's got to be back and forth. And even it's sort of flashback, flash forward, flash sideways kind of thing that he's doing, right? Mm-hmm. He uses a device, I think it's not a spoiler to say, where parts of the film that are are in black and white and the rest of it's in color. Yeah. And I believe that is to delineate, although this was not apparent to me in the very beginning, that the, the black and white parts are the more sort of um, objective parts of the film and the colorful Oppenheimer's point of view 
is the more subjective end of it. I don't know if that's something that came out to you. To me, it was like, it's not necessarily two characters' points of view because the things that happen in the black and white thing are not necessarily on the side of that character who seems to be telling it, but... Not on the side, but it's definitely from their point of view. I guess so. So maybe, yeah, okay, so Bob Downey Jr. is is the black and white and then Oppenheimer is the color. That's fine, but I found that quite confusing initially until about the end of the first act. I'm like, okay, so that's what he's doing. Because it's a bit of a time jumpy thing. It's a little bit. So, first of all, I found it confusing, not enough to stop me from liking the film or enjoying the, 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 the performance, shall we say. But basically, long story short, is I got Dunkirk to everyone. I got Dunkirk. <laughs> okay? Because when you go, cause when I, the best thing about Nolan is his spy thrillery shit, okay? His inceptions, his fucking, to an extent, his mementos, um, to, you know, all of the, the, his trickery and his cleverness and his genius is, is, is basically the depth of his films. They all have like 20 layers where you walk in, oh, it seems to be this, but then it's that, but then it's that, but then it's that. And then you hear things like he used the score from the first part of one film and played that for a certain amount of seconds, which is the exact runtime of the film multiplied by 10. Shit like that. <laughs> Real, d- d- fucking Nolan does that. And that's why I think he's a genius, okay? Mm-hmm. None of that's going on here. Okay, this is a fucking by the numbers ish biography, biopic. What do you want to call it? But yes, even though it jam jumps here and there, it essentially is just the telling of his life, and as such, it is a drama and nothing more. Yeah, you know, you're right. And so, and yes, it's historical, so I guess he hasn't got a lot of ways to go with it. But there's none of that Nolan cleverness that actually gives me wood. So frankly, I got bored, Paul. Mm. It's three hours and long. I know that Wayne got bored because sitting next to him in the cinema, he started clicking his clicky click click. Yeah, thing. I was fucking playing with something in my pocket, like a little yeah. pocket knife or something. I was sorry about that, by the way. Um, <laughs> That's all right. And um, I think maybe it was I not a knife that Wayne took into the cinema. No, it wasn't. It was just like I've got a little Swiss Army thing that is in my pocket all the time. Anyway, I think I expected too much from this, Paul. Mm. I think I expected some sort of grandiose, like, oh my god, what a cinematic experience. Look, it's written as good as it can be for a movie that lasts for days, right? <laughs> it's it's acted like as good as because he's really using tight shots here, and it's it's there's really uh, it's an unremarkable kind of thing. It's just elegantly put together, which I have no problem with. But at some stage, this thing turns into fucking a political drama or something, and yep. then it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. The thing that I'm waiting for, which was great. Was there? And I understand that it was shot with no CGI. Uh, heads up, Billy Dunham has suggested we call out Nolan for not crediting yes, a lot of that his was VFX a controversy. Team. I was going to say yes. That so Nolan and Warner Brothers have been running around telling everyone that this was shot entirely practically. There's there's no visual special effects in in here. So the the bits and pieces that we see are of like you know explosions and whatever. They're all practically done. Uh, not true. So, well, there's no CGI, as in generated imagery, but there's VFX. Yes. There was credited, I think, something along the lines of 23 or, or so VFX artists were credited mm. in the film, but actually it was more like another 200 people worked on this film and yeah. most of them weren't credited. Which, which, which weirds me out because I've always considered... Like, I guess Nolan is saying, hey, in a, in a world of Marvel and yeah. fucking this and that, I'm the guy who just shoots on film and I shoot fucking... With IMAX y- cameras exactly, and, and you all know? But yeah, the reality is there are augmenting things going on. Of course, in here you can't look old unless it's made to look old. Deeper into this cinematic experience. So I don't know why he did that. I guess he, I guess that's why he did that to, to appear <laughs> yeah. more like that guy. But that's a weird thing to why do. Why not just own the fact exactly. that? Exactly. You know, no, we had two hundred people work on this film, but 
you know, it's really the stuff that's behind the scenes or in, in the background. It, there is no big practical explosions and this and that other, you know, whatever else. Yeah, so. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, so that is that is weird. Uh, I apologize. Like, I mean, I feel bad for the EVFX artists. We can't, not our fault. So, yeah. We're just not apologizing. I say I feel bad for those that guys. This is the case. So, okay, so that's your general, basically, Please. board. I don't, you know what? It's going to be pretty boring as well, this review. I don't tend to disagree with anything that you said. Really? No. I thought you'd be going, yeah, I but you're it. missing this, Wayne. You're missing no, that. No, I like the film because I think the performances are phenomenal and everybody's really good in this film. But what this screams to me is Nolan going, shit, I've made some big films. Shit, I've made some really successful films. I'm beloved for the Dark Knight and the you know the Batman trilogy and... And everyone loves Inception. I am no exception to that whatsoever. Absolutely. And, you know, I've had some other films which I've really sort of pushed the envelope and I like Tenant, you don't. And I like Dunkirk, you didn't really like that one either. But I'll tell you something, Paul. I don't know what happened, but Dunkirk, at least some shit happened. I don't know. Like, it's... Yep. <laughs> like. So, I think he's then gone, it's time for me to get my accolades. Oh, those films have won so many technical Academy Awards and the like and, and various other awards. Yeah. But Nolan himself... Adding one best picture. Nolan himself hasn't been one best director. Hasn't he? No. Amazing. I think this is him going, all right, Academy, what does the Academy love? A biographical film about a controversial figure in the past and and performances and appearances where people lose themselves in that role. When you see what Oppenheimer looked like in real life, the amount of weight that Killian Murphy lost. Lost. He's so skinny, bro. He's scarily thin. And, you know, he's obviously really gone to town for this role. They even made the joke the guy always giving him food. He'll eat something, eat something. You know, like, yeah. And then, likewise, Downey Jr., who really makes himself look so different Mm. and, you know, much older than he is. And And the same for everyone else. Really, everyone throws themselves into these roles. And this would be an actor's paradise, meaty expository dialogue explaining trying to dumb physics down because it needed to for me to a level that I still didn't get it. the average cinema goer can understand mm-hmm. whilst progressing the story telling it about you know, his life and how the controversies he became involved with and that's all I'll say about the story we'll come back to that in just yeah, a moment absolutely. so if you love acting and you want to go up there and see you know big performances that are no doubt there's no doubt in my mind that half the cast in this film I'm exaggerating but you know what I mean are going to be nominated for Academy Awards. There's no doubt in my mind this will be nominated for Best Screenplay, Adapted Screenplay, and Best Director, and mm-hmm. Best Film. This is Nolan's big shot at this, while still somehow straddling that, hey, this is a big summer release in the States. Look, and that's always been his actual magic, is that the guy can give you something that to, uh, if I was a studio exec reading a script for Inception or something, I'd go, this is unsellable. It's too complex and it's too highbrow. But then he goes and makes it a commercial success anyway, mm-hmm. which in the business is known as a pot of gold. So that's why Nolan is the shit, okay? And he's done it again, mm-hmm. right? But it's interesting to me that now that you said that about like, okay, so this is for the Academy. Well, that's okay? what it feels like. I've got no proof of this. It fucking is. You're probably right. But this is the weird thing though, right? It's like, it's almost like, because I thought we were coming to a stage where we were like, the Academy is like, no, it can be interesting too. Or it can be action packed no, too. You know. Or it can be this, or it can be that. But like, you know, for him to say, no, no, this is a pure drama. Mm-hmm. So I'm now appealing to almost critics. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. As opposed to a dickhead like me. So I don't know. I mean. Um, I, I'd be genuinely shocked if people said this is, if they said this is a wonderfully crafted film, technically amazing, filled with fantastic performances. Can't fault any of that. If you said this is genuinely interesting and wonderfully engaging and oh, I was on the edge of my seat the whole time, I would scratch my head. Really? Right. 
Uh, yes, and this is the like I, honestly, the part, most of the a lot of the joy I got from the film was watching actors that I I know sort of like, sort of like haven't really made it. Um, like for instance, Josh Peck is in it, and he's this actor who's was a kid actor. He's done a couple episodes of Big Bang Theory and this and that, and he's in there. He's like, oh, that guy got a he's in a Nolan film. It's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the best work I've seen Josh Hartnett do in years. Well, just because he's he's done fuck all for a lot of years. So yeah, it was nice to see him back. It was. And, and and that's a, a great man role. doesn't seem to age much either. No, I didn't know he was so tall either. Mm-hmm. Huge. Um, so you know, stuff like that was really, really like that is the other thing. It's like if you get to be in a Nolan film, ooh, you know. But in terms of like the the Christopher Nolan catalog of films, I was least interested in this one. Fair enough. So can't fault you. So there you go. That's our non-spoilery thoughts. Let's get into the plot, such that it is on the other side of Jack. You can't handle the truth. And there might be a few people out there at the moment not handling our truth, Wayne. No, no, I'm sure this is going to be fucking heathen motherfuckers. Don't you understand that he's a genius? Yes, I do. Yeah, look, all the Nolan bros and all the critics out there who are shouting this from the terraces and the, and the Everyone's coming in their pants the on this thing. I know. Good on you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I can't fault you, but if you're saying this is an exciting movie, it's not. No way. And also, and, I want to come. It's not trying to be exciting, so you know, can you fault it for that? But... To me, it's just not, oh, that's not the kind of thing I wanted to spend three hours doing normally. Exactly. I appreciate it for what it is and my score will reflect that, but it's not going to be anywhere near my top 10 of the year and it's not going to be something that I ever, ever rewatch again. Let me say some hot take shit right here, okay? When you, when I give a review like this about a drama, like my, in the back of my head, I'm like, I know everyone's calling me a fucking ape, right? But Us this time. Us, okay, us this time, right? But I would say this, like the social network, I know I keep bringing this up, that was a drama with only dialogue, and it was probably about three hours as well. Um, two and a half, I think. Yep. Two and a half, right? So that thing was maybe 10 times more interesting than this to me. I was electrified from the moment that thing started. Yes, it's more contemporary. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's not about a historical thing. Yes, they can make it's anything stuff happen. stuff that in we, we live through. Exactly, right? So it's more relevant to me. But I'll tell you, like, I didn't notice any of the time in, in, in social, social network, network, and I noticed most of the minutes in this one. So, I mean, yeah. I just don't think it was that interesting, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was just not that compelling. It was good, but it wasn't compelling well, enough. Here's the rub. You know he succeeds. The Manhattan Project succeeds. You know they build the atomic bomb. You know they set it off. You know he says, you know, I am, for I have become death, the destroyer yeah, of yep, world, or whatever yep. the, that quote is. I am become death, yep. Uh, and you know they dropped two bombs on Japan. Mm. And what I didn't know, and therefore I actually liked the last hour of this film a lot more than the first two hours. What? Because I was so bored waiting to get to the point of dropping the bomb. I'm like, yeah. uh-huh. my, my, the best thing I liked about that opening bit was, well, opening bit, the first two acts, if I can put it that way, was the back and forth between Oppenheimer and Matt Damon's character. Absolutely. Their, those are the, those their are the best. Unlikely friendship, if almost if you can call that, but certainly mutual yeah. respect, which develops over time, is was really fun to agree. Fun is the wrong word. It was, I was really interested in that. I agree, and in fact, that's what got me through the first two acts. I, I understand, and you know what? Even the Probably little more the second act, really. that sort of little scene with Casey Affleck. If anything, if the thing I'm pointing at that's, um, that is really good in this film is definitely, if not the pacing, the writing in terms of the dialogue, because Casey Affleck comes in as like basically some sort of military person. And you can tell he's trying to get the drop on Oppenheimer, and that that was a really quite a good conversation. Every time Damon and Oppenheimer talks, very very cool because Damon's got an answer for him immediately, and you can tell you sort of like him. He's a Matt Damon, so I, I really like Matt Damon. Yeah, it's hard not to like, generally right? speaking. Yeah, yeah. Now, since we're talking about interactions, did you notice, Paul, that the titty bonuses in this <laughs> film? Did you know? I'm just. I, I'm oh, not. They so weren't calling you an eight before. No, now. no, 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 no. no. Listen. No, I- <laughs> 
no, no. I, I actually have sort of a, a, not an intellectual, but a sort of, a, I don't know, a technical point to make about this. Oh, jeez. All right. So there's a lot of extended shots with Florence Pugh and him where she just, they cut it off right below her sort of chestal area. and Chestal? Yeah. <laughs> Nipular area. Mm-hmm. And you're just seeing her tits for a long time as she's talking, right? I found that to be oddly overt and perhaps kind of, I don't I want to say unnecessary, but like that was an interesting decision to make as a deci- as a, what's he doing? Trying to wake me up? Is that what's happening, Paul? I don't know. You'd, you'd have to talk to, <laughs> to Christopher Nolan that, and then, you know, good on Florence Pugh for being up for, for something like that, though. If you see what dresses she wears to premieres where they're all see-through, you've seen everything anyway. Is that so? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, so I she's mean. She's proud of her body. Good on her. I'm glad for her. Oh, man. If Christopher Nolan was directing me and I was an, uh, an up-and-coming actor or a budding actor. Get your dick out, and he, Yeah. Man, show me your hole. Right? <laughs> I'll be like, yep, here it comes. <laughs> so that's not an issue, right? Because there's no doubt that a Christopher Nolan film is for the art. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? <laughs> Even my hole. So it's like... Um, <laughs> uh, how do we get here? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. I think he's trying to wake me up. And he did. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure how I sort of. I guess that happened in his life, and and a very we're in spoilers. So her committing suicide—that's all a matter of, of history and, and happened. Well, speaking of history, yeah, I the one thing that I did find really huge about this is like I didn't know Einstein and him were fucking. Yeah, bras. I didn't know that either. Yeah, it's like wait, Einstein even I didn't even know Einstein came to America to fucking study. Okay, so that was really cool. Um, and I was like, they've got Einstein in here. That's like when you see you know, a Wild West and like story and fucking Annie Oakley turns out, oh, that's a real person, you know? So that was kind of cool. <laughs> I know they're all real people, but whatever. <laughs> yes. And then the last hour is basically the government yeah, suggesting, well, not so much the government, but of course Robert Downey Jr.'s character has ultimately revealed he's the guy that basically threw Oppenheimer under the bus suggesting that he's a communist and can't be trusted in because he's, he was ridiculed and embarrassed by Oppenheimer a couple of times. Is with, that the whole reason why he's trying to discredit him? Seems like it. And he's using him as a bit of a stepping stone to get what he wants to become, I guess, a senator and all the rest yeah. of it. So, yeah, I didn't mind that part of it and what's going to happen here. Because I, I didn't know that Oppenheimer ultimately died of, of lung cancer or, or throat cancer in 1966 or 67. So Did he? I wondered whether or not he was you know, going to be tried and executed or what was I, I, I mean that's a bit, a bit extreme but I wondered what was going to happen and I, I was expecting some great big finale it's kind of just no Robert Downey Jr's character I can't remember his name yeah end Strauss, up getting something, Strauss yeah. gets end up getting knocked back and now he won't become a senator yeah and for he, had that, this, he had this gambit and he's failed and he's a bit of a prick so good yeah and for that to be the entire third act so there's a whole hour there where this goes from here's the father of the atomic bomb and all that sort of shit and then it becomes that for a long time. And then you sort of... Actually, no, it's more about the end of the second act where you start to deal with the, the fallout uh, yeah, of... That was my joke earlier. Yes, Don't it was, steal it. it was. I won't. <laughs> uh, it's not even fallout because it's not nuclear, but whatever. Um, <laughs> it's the, the conscience of I just created something that killed all these millions of people and this and that sort of thing. I can't remember if that's at the end or whenever it was. There but were two really excellent scenes following the bomb detonation. One of them is when... Everyone at the Manhattan Project is celebrating. He's getting up to speak in front of them. Now, tell me about that. I've got some questions here. Keep going. And he is getting so caught up in the enormity of what he's done. And he starts to see everyone kind of as if they've been hit by an explosion and their skin's peeling away. Not to the graphicness of, say, Terminator 2 scene, but where they're now injured and wounded and and their cheering fades away and becomes like this bomb is going off, so to speak, in his head. I thought that was a really effective scene to that show. That was the best moment of that act for sure. To but show gotta, his distress slash moral 
quandary now that he was in like, oh my God, what have I done? Well, I do have a question for you. So during that moment where he's addressing the crowd and everyone's cheering, mm-hmm. and then he has that moment where he sees people, you know, the faith people mm-hmm. getting blown, and then he's, he sort of steps on a charred corpse, and that's clearly in his head. Mm-hmm. Then as he's walking out, you see the odd person crying and the odd person throwing up. Yep. Was that real? Don't know. Because that's the thing. Like, so hang on. Is it? Is it? Well, I think it, it must be because it must be like among the throng of people who were really happy. There was a few, a other few people, people going, "I oh, fuck, I'm not happy with this, right?" Yeah. Or not look okay. What with this. Look what I've contributed to. It could be. Could be that, or it could be another manifestation of his of his. You know what he's seeing is not really there. Mm. Either way, it's fine. You're showing. You're showing that you here. Yeah, his conscience has come up on yep. it. Yeah. And he did start to have doubts right before it, but. It was too late. You know. Well, that's the thing. Um, it ended on Einstein saying to him something to the effect of, you know, I had my breakthrough and then they served me salmon and fucking yeah. salad, right? And you, it's now your turn to have your breakthrough. They will also give you salmon and salad and you will have to come to terms with the consequences of your breakthrough or of your success or something like yeah. that. And that You've was kind changed of the world forever. Yeah. And I, and I was... I was thinking about that. The one thing it did make me think about is like, if you do something like this, this scientific breakthrough, because apparently even Einstein's theory, his relativity theory, was also used in weaponization. And so this, of course, is that. And then we get that scene. It was Gary Oldman, right? Who was Gary uh, Oldman, whichever president. president was. Can't remember. Was it Ruben? Truman? I can't Truman? Yeah, could be wrong. Whoever it was. Sorry, apologies to... Sorry, the, we're Australian. We yeah, don't know. We're Australian. <laughs> we should know. We don't. <laughs> but that was another really great scene. And again, Gary Oldman going for it with the costuming and the makeup oh, yeah. and whatever else. But he says at some point, because he's aghast that Oppenheimer is like taking responsibility for this. It wasn't your finger on the button, buddy. Exactly. They don't remember the person who built the bomb. They, they remember the person who dropped it. Who dropped that's it. me. Yeah. Don't let that crybaby in here again. Yeah. You know, I'm like, like whoa. Ooh. Yeah, that's, that was another really good scene. So there are good moments in this movie. Definitely not. There's, I can't. It's just you can't point really at a, long. That's it. You cannot point at a Nolan. It's the same as Tenet. And I'll tell you this though, right? I'll see Tenet 10 times more before I see this again. I like right? Tenet much more than this movie. Sorry. I've actually seen Tenet five times just because I love how it looked and the, how interesting and action-filled and amazing yes. it was. This wasn't that. Again, it didn't have those cameras. We're basic bitches, Wayne. I, I am totally, yes. When it comes yes. to this kind of thing. So. Yes. Show me your fucking, you know, like, yeah. We just want to come. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean... <laughs> So, um, okay, well, now I'm really interested in... Uh... Well, okay, let's do the score thing, yeah, shall right. we? And, yeah, I've got not, not too much more to do to say other than to reiterate what I've already said, which is wonderful performances. Everyone's very good in it. I'd be shocked if we don't get a whole host of nominations and maybe even a few wins for this one. Will it be the best? Too early to say in the year. We haven't had all the critical darlings come out as they normally do in November and December in time to make the Academy Awards sort of cut. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And who knows how that's all going to be affected with the writer's strike and the actor's strike and whatever going on in any case. So Here's what's going to happen with the actor's writer's strike, Paul. I'll have time to catch up on all my stories. <laughs> okay, there's been a million TV shows that I haven't been able to watch and I'm going to do it. I'm going to get the bear next. All right? Good. I hope you enjoy it more than I. I you didn't like the bear? Nah. Shit. Yeah, I was on my worst of the last year. Shit! List. Just to double down all the terrible takes. But I need to say... This film, I found boring. I was bored. I was checking my watch. It goes too long. I think you could easily have cut 30 minutes out of this film. One it would, hour. It would not have suffered for it. I mean, I don't know about one hour. but 45 definitely. minutes. No, <laughs> getting closer, getting closer. So I'm going to score this as a 62. Oh, shit. I was gonna get, okay, 65 is okay, what I had in my head. Go. Three stars. Oh, we're going to get our asses kicked online. It's just fine with me. I've got, a, I've got it on my letterbox. Three stars. I was never going above 65. Because it's so well crafted and it's all there. If that's what you're looking for, then you're going to love this movie. But I, I want a bit of more to my story. I want to be excited. I want to be moved. I want to be surprised. And none of that happened in this movie. Absolutely. It's for like me. a, 
It's like a perfectly, like, a, a, a geniusly crafted building that did not excite you. You know, it's like, I'll, I'll live there, I guess, but, you know, I guess it's probably fine. But yeah, just no great shakes. I'm not going to brag on about this film at all. No, so. no as I said, this will be the last time, at least I mentioned, other than to defend ourselves when we get hammered for this. Oh, no, we're going to get innerly uh, pounded. So there but, you go. Uh, in terms of, I, I can't see myself ever watching it again, even if the actors in Rise Strike runs on for a very long time. I will never watch this again. <laughs> there you go. That's our controversial take on Oppenheimer. What did you think? Let us know how wrong we are and all the reasons and ways that you loved it. And you can do so via email at podcast at gmail.com on Twitter. Sorry, X on X. At, who gives a fuck? That place is so dead. What X? Oh, you're talking about Twitter? Twitter, Twitter has become X. Should we hit that threads thing? Oh, maybe. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, thecountdownpodcast.com for links to everything else, including our Patreon and the Facebook community. Also linked there on thecountdownpodcast.com is where there will be no doubt discussion where you can get involved with other listeners of the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Paul. My name is Wayne. And this has been the Soundboard. All of your arguments are like my asshole, man. (laughs) The entire rest of the world right now. We'll catch you next time. See ya. See ya.